0: The most resilient parasite. Prime time with Isaac and Sue. Can build cities, can
1: transform the world, and rewrite all the rules. That's what I'll be doing every single night. Which is why. No, no,
2: no, no!
1: I have to steal it. What
2: are you talking about, Willis?
1: This is prime time with Isaac and Sue.
2: It'll, it's going to work. It's passable, okay? This this isn't terrible. The best
1: in local, regional, and national sports. With no hidden agenda. Prime time with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan.
2: You. Oh, there you go. Are we on the air? I don't know. Hey, what'd it do? It, it was, sure are. you sure are. Things were happening. I there. couldn't hear I, anything. I couldn't hear. What'd it do? I, I think we're. I think
3: we're. What'd good. it do? <laughs> Hey, they're doing the homeless sweeps. Did you see that out there? No. Yeah. I was stuck behind a train for the last half hour. Dude, I was driving in today. You know, we're, we're down here in northwest Portland now. Yeah. And uh, we have a lot of uh, houseless by where we
2: broadcast from. Yes, we do. A lot of tents and stuff. One guy that in particular that seems to make his home right here uh, under the awning of yeah. our building. Yeah. He's a, he's a regular.
3: There's probably, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. Okay, so it just yeah. depends on where you go. Well, anyway, um, I was driving in. And I look over on uh, Vaughn, right there off Highway Thirty. Yeah, they they clear they cleared it out. Oh, did they? And so I'm driving in. and I'm like, Oh my God, look at that! That's great. So it's just it's, so then I so then I drive up. I uh-huh. go around the Jack in the Box and I come back towards the station. Yep. And I turn the corner, and there they are. Ah,
2: yeah, they just so they, they just moved they were, like two blocks. Well, there was a there was a I think it was KGW or might have been Coin. You know, I don't know. one of the local news agencies of uh, record. They had a report. Oh, was maybe three four weeks ago and they were talking about that they were they were doing a sweep down like in downtown right there uh kind of off of uh nato right they were where the like kind of where the statue used so they to bring be.
3: a big truck in if you haven't seen them sweep they bring this big giant truck yeah and they just load up all their crap and they yeah. move them somewhere
2: else yeah and so they they were doing that and they had a lady uh on and there. there's a lot of crap yes i'm fascinated by how they acquire all that um like mattresses and whatnot there's one right here by that chef there's like a chef world store or whatever and there's just a pile of like nine mattresses like where you're homeless you don't have a car where are you getting all these mattresses and why and why are you just like you would think, think... like why why are you stacking them up you would think that you would be like sleeping on them but there's just a big pile of mattresses oh don't, don't people i mean people kind
3: of like, mattresses are hard to get rid of, so people just dump them. You think that's They're like it, couches.
2: You think that's what it is, is people who just dump them by the homeless yeah. and be like, oh, they'll deal with it? Well, I think,
3: yeah, maybe. Or they give them to them.
2: I guess. Like here. But they don't clearly need them because there's a pile. Anywho. Well, it's reserves. They were doing this story, and they were they were talking about, you know, moving people, and they had a lady on there. And, uh, you know, I applaud her honesty, but she just laughed and was like, I, you, know, you can come and move me all you want. I'm like, we'll be back here in three, four hours. I mean, she just—I mean—just kind of laughed at it. And she goes, "I, you know, we have nowhere else to go, so you can move us, and we're going to come right back." Because she's like, "I want to be here." And I kind of was like, "Well, I mean, I—I I do appreciate the honesty. Um, you know, move me six blocks. I promise you, I will be back right here." And she, her point was, if I wanted to be over there, I would have been over there, but I don't, so I'm coming right back. Well, I, so I don't know how you. I don't know how you stop the migration. Like you said, they moved them like four blocks.
3: Well, what you got to do is you got to you got to unpiss off the people that they're right by. Yeah. And they, then they're happy, and then you piss off somebody else where you put them, where you move them to, and then in you know six months or whatever, you move them to another place to unpiss off the people that you move them to, I like and then it. piss off more people that you move that you move them the next time. It's
2: the old uh, bar strategy of we cheat the other guy and pass the savings on to you. Yeah, I mean, like you
3: will be inconvenienced by this at some point. Yeah, but uh, the city is nice enough to say it. It won't be forever.
2: I like that, like a roving. What if we put yeah. like a Red Rover, Red Rover? Like it's send your, the homeless
3: on a well, right. It's like your week to host mm. Tent City,
2: or your, it's your month How about this to host it. Like an absentee father, but every now and then you got to show up for a birthday. Every now and then you got to buy a Nerf football and put a crisp five dollar bill in there, and uh, you're in charge of the kid for a weekend.
1: Well, what's that like real estate thing every year? The, like the Street of Dreams, yeah, or Street whatever? of Dreams. I mean, you you kind of do the opposite of that, you know? Yeah, Street of Nightmares.
2: Street. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I like, like that. Like Skid
3: Row in L.A., yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't that? Boy. Yeah, something like that. Have you read about what they're doing
2: down there? No. What are they doing
3: down there? Well, I LA? got a whole thing in the club on that. Okay. Yeah.
2: If you want to see... Like, I know that our homeless situation is not uh, ideal. Well, it doesn't have to be in the club. I'll just tell you. Okay. I
3: was reading a story the other day. There's a lot more to this, but the main part of the story was that in, on Skid Row in L.A., yeah. they are now... They have taken to hooking up washers and dryers mm-hmm. off of the power lines. Oh. <laughs> so they've got... So the, the homeless have, well, how do they get the water? Though? They're, they're stealing, they're stealing, stealing the, water. the water. Yeah. Huh.
2: Yeah. You know what? You know, look, there's different levels of homelessness and you know, they've got the real go getter homeless and I, I appreciate the effort. You know, Hey, it's uh, let's clean things up a little bit. A
3: lot of flower. They're saying they have flower beds. So they're setting up these washers and dryers and then they're setting up huge, like oh 10 man tents and then they put out flowers and it's, and it's a it's, delightful little, is it
2: <laughs> delightful little uh, setup? This is if you ever want to feel better. And I know our city, like I said, we're not doing great when it comes to the homeless bit of an issue. If you ever want to feel better about yourself, I've always said this, like if you're a little down on your luck and you know, you're, you're licking your wounds a little bit, just go to like a, a bus stop, go to like an Amtrak station, Greyhound station, 10, at night and just hang around. You'll feel better about your lot in life. Go to a 24 hour Walmart sometime, cruise around. You'll feel better about where you're at in life. And as a city, you need to go down to LA and look at Let's Get Row or go down to the Tenderloin down in San Francisco, and you will realize we're doing better than you think. Like, LA is unbelievable. When you walk down, there are, I mean, like, entire, like, block after block after block after block. And, and not by the way, not on the sidewalk. They've now shut down roads in Los Angeles. They've well, that
3: that's skid row. That's good. Yeah, they, so they sh- they've sort of surrendered that area.
2: Yes, it's like the what are the chop zone in Seattle? They're just right there, like on the street, and it's just miles. And then down in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. They've taken a whole section of town. Look at that. Oh yeah. So it's a big ten person tent. Yeah, Look that's at the flowers. Actually a pretty nice uh washer dryer. That's a uh, front loader?
3: Yeah, that's a front loader, and the washer is working right now. It's actually going. Yeah. You can see in the video here. I'll be damned. And there's the water and nice little bike rack there. Wow. Well, I mean Rent's cheap down there.
2: How about that?
3: that get, that'll only cost you two
2: thousand bucks a month. Get, <laughs> two thousand? <000? laughs> oh, sorry, a, five thousand. You're not getting a washer dryer in LA for two thousand. Come on. That's extra. I think the meth comes. Uh, All right. Well,
3: uh, point being, uh, we're going to do our own little experiment down here. We'll keep you posted on how the sweeping goes and what ends up happening. Yeah, because but, they're they're clearing them out. Well, that was his. Uh, but t- moving them like four blocks.
2: Has so. Teddy uh, officially like? I know that the the it was leaked that his plan was to develop the,
3: yeah. the campuses. Yeah, that's what he's is that, already. Is
2: that officially yeah. gone into?
3: Well, he he announced it. Okay. I mean, it'll probably be seven years before they. But we're we're working towards yeah, that. Got to find the money, you know. Cause, you know heaven <laughs> – well, they you know, don't have enough of that. You should raise your taxes. I don't think yeah. you pay enough of that. Oh, that's right. There's an extra tax for this. Oh, yeah, forgot to fine. tell you. Yeah,
2: and they go along with it. It'll be the arts tax and then the sweeping tax. They'll just slide that one in there. You'll be fine. Well, we'll keep you posted. Uh, big day. Big day. Big, big day. Wednesday. Trades, rumors of
3: yeah. trades. Yeah. NFL trade deadlines kind of become a thing.
2: polls. Yeah, it used to be not that long ago that I felt like the NFL trade deadline wasn't a huge deal. No. But now it is. Yeah, you're seeing teams that are willing to give up draft capital and go in if they feel they're a player away. And then you get other teams like Chicago and Carolina that um, just want to get out of contracts. And, you know, McCaffrey and Robert Quinn aren't helping their teams win many games at this point. So, you know, and some of these, if you're willing to take on salary, they're pretty good deals to be had. Now, San Francisco gave up a lot for McCaffrey, but I thought the James Robinson and uh, the, the Quinn deals were actually really, really good. So we'll discuss that today. Our
3: NFL Hump Day Roundup is at 4. We'll check in on the NBA this hour. And, uh, hey, starting tomorrow, I don't know if you know this, we have 27 straight days of football. That's a lot of football. Did you know
2: that? I did not. What yeah. do we do? Like, we have football on Tuesday and Wednesday night? Yeah. Well, like maxion. Oh, uh, yeah. You but know. I, I honestly didn't know that we had... That, that does surprise 27 me. Twenty seven straight days of football. That means twenty seven straight days of gambling. I'm assuming that's what. Well, it can yeah.
1: I mean, if you'd like, that but, sounds like a challenge for us, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I'll lay some. Uh, I know very little about the uh, the Mac, but I'll lay some coin. You ever do that where you're sitting around and you don't? Yes. You don't really know anything about the game, but you look at the spread and based on something totally meaningless, you're like, uh, oh, why not? I'll I'll roll the dice on this. I'll lay a saw buck down. Well, I do it with the NBA because you? you
3: can't bet on college on our app. Yeah in in oregon yeah so i'll do it with the nba i like that the nba started because i just that's how i get to know the nba is just like my random stupid little bets <laughs> like, and i love to bet plus money i love to bet teams that are way down yeah and they're like plus 600 or whatever like middle of the like, first dude, quarter they're or gonna win
2: this <laughs> come roaring
3: back you know, sometimes you win those you know? <laughs> gambling can make anything. gambling's great it can make anything interesting uh, well, anyway, 27 straight days of football starting uh, tomorrow because we have Utah-Washington State tomorrow night.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Also, little, Ravens-Bucks. it be a fun little game. And, yeah. boy, I don't know what to do. Speaking of gambling, I don't know what to do about the Ravens and Bucks because the Bucks, to me, are in that Green Bay category. I just can't touch them. I wouldn't. Because they just they look so bad, and you keep telling yourself they're going to look better, they're going to look better. And then the Ravens for 3 quarters look like one of the best teams in football, but boy, if you want to talk about a team that will break your heart from a gambling standpoint, i give you the yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Tell me about it. It's like a no t- you, it's a no touchy. It's the floor is lava game. You well, can't go anywhere near it. I like Baltimore, which means you should take Tampa. <laughs> I literally looked at this and I was like I, I might I might just take the under and leave it at that. Yeah,
3: the the uh what is it the Primetime game unders? Yeah. Isn't that a big thing this yeah, it's, year? They're, they're
2: killing it right now.
3: I don't really bet over unders, but, yeah, the, all these primetime games, Thursdays and Monday nights, even Sunday nights, I think, Take the all going under. Yeah, Not all, but, you know. Yes. I don't know what the exact number
2: is. In, but. And the Ravens will find a way to turn it over, and then the bucks I mean, Jeebus, they scored three points against the Carolina. Three points against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, which no, means I, they'll win. I don't I know how that had happened.
1: happened. Scoring was down this year by, like, the most yeah. in six years, but I only like forty three points a game total to this point in the season, which is uh historically low.
2: Yeah, uh, it's there's I mean, this goes back to Tom Brady all those weeks ago, just said there's a lot of bad ball, and there yes. is. Qu- quarterback play is bad, yeah. offensive line play is bad, a lot of injuries. Hey,
3: you want to see real football tomorrow night, watch Utah Washington <laughs> State.
2: <laughs> hey, the Cougs uh the Cooks got a rebound here. My Cougs. The Cooks for a while there had a little something cooking. It looked like there was some positive mo and then You know they gacked, they cooged it against Oregon, and it really hasn't been the same since.
3: All right, well, we'll get started with our poll question coming up next. We will check in on the NBA this hour in our NFL Hump Day Roundup. The trade deadline in the NFL has become a thing, and the Philadelphia
2: Eagles got better today but i tell you what i i love this and not that they necessarily needed it but this is just this is luxury right here howie roseman yeah isn't that his name Howie. i Ro- like the, the guy that hated chip kelly yeah and basically undid all of his moves got a super bowl <laughs> and now has rebuilt this thing again yeah i think we know who won that yes that little yes that peeing little, contest yeah.
3: all right uh let's get started thank you for being with us here on a wednesday it's Robin souk
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: All right, poll question today on Twitter at 1080. The fan is brought to you by AAA Heating and Cooling, family business helping families for over 60 years, AAAIAQ.com. Today we're asking you, what is the most dangerous game left for Oregon? Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I've left Colorado off. <laughs> what? How dare you? Just because I only have four spots. Wouldn't that be the damnedest thing? It would. Your season is derailed by the Colorado
3: Buffaloes. That it would. Uh, at Cal, which is Saturday. Yeah, no. Hosting
2: Washington. No. Hosting Utah at Oregon State. It's a, it's I, I want to say Oregon State because it's at Oregon State in a rivalry game. And, but quarterback play scares me a little bit. I'm, I'm going to go Utah. I think, well,
3: Chance Nolan could be back for that game, you yeah, know.
2: It's weird, you know, he needs to be on the a concussion protocol where you're out like four minutes and then you're back in. This is several weeks, so I can't believe Oregon State's actually taking uh, mental health uh, when it comes to concussions seriously. How dare they? You know, and, and we'll see. I, I really like Oregon State, and I think Oregon State and Utah both possess what it's going to take to, to get Oregon. One, you're going to have to run the ball and and slow down. Just You're going to have to slow the game down. You can't get into a track meet with them. And the ability to take some shots over the top, that's going to be their weakness. And you've got to have corners that can play with them, and you can load up on the run game. And I think Oregon State and Utah, with their corners, can give them problems. Just like I thought Oregon State gave USC issues with that, because they can play man on the outside and still play zone underneath and keep an eye on Bo Nix in the run game. So... I think both of those games are challenges. I think Utah is a a better team, but I kind of want to just say the Civil War simply because it's on the road, and it's a rivalry game. If Utah, if that game was at Rice-Eccles, I think I would go Utah, but I'm going to lean towards the Civil War, especially if, well, and the quarterback play has gotten better, but if Nolan can get back and and shake out the cobwebs, I'm, I'm going with the beefs. All right, log on and vote.
3: Twitter, at 1080 fan. Vote hard. Oh, I forgot to put it up. Uh, it's mm. not up there yet. It will be. I'll, I'll put it up there next break. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> yeah, I oh, forgot it was my
2: responsibility. It's one, But you had the poll question. Yeah, it's it's in my notes. Oh. I just I just haven't pu- actually put it onto Twitter. You know, this is just the throwback. This is back to the days where we had the mental poll question right. in your mind. You it log- probably
3: won't work anyway. No, yeah, probably not. But, but I'll try. I like where you're going. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about this game. I was looking into this game because... Um, I just got. I have respect for uh, Wilcox, you know, yeah. Justin Wilcox and Cal, but they just. I don't know. I was just looking at some numbers, and uh, what jumped out to me was because this game. The, the reason I put up the poll question is it, it kind of feels like Cal could be a trap game, you know? Yeah. Because you're coming off a big high against UCLA, now you're going on the road. We're on the road this year. They've been hit and miss. Yeah. You know, the neutral game. They got blown out.
2: Washington State would barely was, won. Was nip and tuck. And then they,
3: you know, they handled a business at Arizona. I feel like we trust Oregon and should trust Oregon uh the way they look right now but at the same time Cal has been a a thorn in their side you know they've won two of the last three meetings in Berkeley yeah. Cal has
2: I just they just they, I think in their last three losses you know, cuz Cal's lost three in a row they're, they're averaging like 16 points a game I know and I just I, I really do feel like against Oregon I just don't think you're going to get a game where you you hold them to 17 points I there was those days like remember like w- when Stanford would beat them and it would be like you know be 21 to 17 or something like that and I'm just not certain that there is a defense left on their schedule that's going to hold them to that but I you know I, I think you're you're going to need a defense to hold them down in the 20s but I'm just not certain that that Cal has an offense that even if the defense plays well and you hold them down for three quarters I think this game is, you know, even if Oregon plays a bad offensive game, they're going to score in the high 20s, and I just think Cal's incapable of, of matching that. Yeah, well, famous last words. Yeah. I mean, these, these, Weird things happen.
3: these games, these upset games sometimes come out of nowhere where yeah. it's like it's not the game that you expect them to get upset. Like Oregon State, it's a game like this. So yeah. all I, <clears throat> the only case I could build for
2: Cal really would be you know they can't run the ball. I mean they're terrible. They're 103rd. Yeah, they had one game where that odd kid against Arizona ran for like 8 million yards and outside of that, they don't run. They are 103rd in rushing. That's but not that's not good. They can
3: throw a little and uh I was interested to note uh, and again this, you know, you can talk about why this is but uh, Oregon, do you know where they rank pass
2: defense? I, well, I don't know nationally, but in the Pac-12, they're right there with, like, Washington is is dead last in the conference. They are 123rd yeah. in pass
3: defense. Yeah. Dude, they are worse than Kansas. Yeah, it's not good. And that opened my eyes. Now, some of that, well, I don't know. I think it's gotten better, but it's, like, the numbers don't lie, right? Yeah. The only Power 5 teams with worse pass defenses are Tennessee, Nebraska, Vanderbilt,
2: Arkansas, West Virginia—who's terrible—and Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oregon. If you're going to nitpick Oregon, it's not really nitpicking. If you just want to talk about what their weakness is, it's it's that the defense is not great. And you know, I'll go. Well, step. this is just pass defense. I'm just saying in general, like the linebacker play for as as much hype as it got going into the year, and I, I totally get why the linebacker play at times. Yeah, has but been they. Spotty.
3: But I I think that. Okay, so like I would, I would say this. If if you, I just think they have the horses there that you you know those are guys that are going to make some plays. Sure, right. The pass defense, I guess maybe you think the same, but maybe not. I don't know. Like that's a pretty alarming number. Yeah, and so in other words, in other words, I th- I feel like the 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 rest of the defense has some guys. They'll get better. They're they're fine. Okay. The pass defense is one where you kind of go, ooh, if you can if you get a team that can exploit that, there's really nothing you can do. It's like what Tennessee's saying right now. Yeah. Like we're just gonna have to outscore you. Yes. I mean, Oklahoma State's the same way, well, like I just mentioned.
2: Christian Gonzalez So is, Oregon's kind of like that. Yeah, Christian Gonzalez is is playing good ball right now and has kind of become He's a playmaker. He's become a playmaker. And, and Bennett Williams at, at times can come in, but Look, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a bunch of studs and you've got some guys back there that you can pick on. And, you know, Washington state did this. We've seen, you know, Stanford did this when they play in space and teams spread them out. Oregon does not have a dominant pass rush. You know, they, they've they got, when you're talking about DJ Johnson and you're talking about doorless, you've got some guys, but none of those are Thibodeau. None of those are, are truly elite pass rushers. And the secondary and, and the linebackers, when you spread them outside on the sideline, and Dan uh, Lanning has talked about this, they're not great in space. You know, UCLA, they their first – it was like 12 possessions in a row now where everyone scored, and it was back and forth. The difference was is Oregon held some teams to field goals, and I kind of feel like this is what Oregon's going to be this year is we're going to outscore you all la Tennessee, and we just need our defense occasionally to either get a turnover – or we got to hold you to field goals. Or you just onside kick every time. Look, if you don't think – some of that obviously is advanced scouting, right? You look at that and you say, hey, we're watching them and they're not taking this seriously. Like there's a gap in their coverage. They go to sleep on it. But if you don't think for a second that some of that was landing being like this is going to be a a volleyball match back and forth, and if we can steal a possession, if we can get a two-score lead, this is going to be a game-changer – I don't think you make that play if you're uber confident in your defense. And he knows. He knows that this is this is an offensive-led team, and it's a defense that you're hoping is good enough. And we'll see. The nice thing about Oregon's schedule is when you look at it, Cal, Colorado, Washington. Washington's the team that can score a bunch of points on you, but they can't stop you. There's. It's not like you've got a ton of super dynamic offenses. The best one you saw was just UCLA, and you handled your business against them. So well. – You know, USC could be a problem with their receivers, you know, if they ended up playing them in the Pac-12 title game. But I don't think there's a ton of offenses like a Tennessee or something or Ohio State that you're going to be terrified of, and you should have better athletes than most of the teams that you're playing. Washington could be interesting, but it's at Oregon again. And if Washington had any kind of defense, and I mean any defense at all, I think that would be a game that you ears would perk up because Washington can sling it around a lot. But do you have any faith whatsoever that that they're going to stop Oregon at all with with the defense they're running out there, where they got walk-ons playing in the secondary?
3: Uh, if you're asking me, no. <laughs> uh, Cal, by the way, one other note: they are number four in the country in
2: turnover margin. Yeah.
3: So that's how Cal could win too.
2: Yeah, you can't. You know, you can't have one of those games where you go in and you have four turnovers yeah, and you're exactly. sloppy and. You let the seven people down at Berkeley get excited. I, you know that's the other thing. It's not a hostile environment. You're not dealing with a bunch of rough crowds. I mean, this should be this should be a Stanford Arizona where you just third quarter rolls around. Bo Nix pops the helmet, sit down and Stanford.
3: Yep. They lost there last year.
2: Yeah, but this year they they rolled. the The, the other one you got to you know cross your fingers is, is injuries, right? You get into these games. I mean, does anyone remember Dennis Dixon? Like you're cruising, and then you know Dixon hurts a knee. You know, what happens, what happens if Bo Nix goes down? You know, that's, that's one of those you just you got to stay healthy because maybe the depth isn't quite where you, you want it to be at this point in your program.
3: All right, the poll question on Twitter at 1080 The Fan. What's the most dangerous game left for Oregon? Cal, Washington, Utah, Oregon State. Vote, vote hard. We'll have more on Oregon's visit to Cal tomorrow at 4, 4 o'clock here on our Swatch Watch when uh, our weekly interviews with Dan Lanning continue. I'm going to ask him the tough question.
2: Hey, what's up with the punt? Really?
3: Wait, why did you punt? Yeah,
2: what's up? Did they have one punt in that one, game? They had one punt. <laughs> At the end of the game, I think it was after they, I think it was after they, they got the interception down uh, in the end zone against UCLA. I think that next drive, they went three and out. Yeah, and they, they had, had
1: points on 12 straight <laughs> possessions, and you on think... the 13th, they had to punt it away.
2: Does he worry about the punter pulling a muscle? <laughs> I think that's the imp- – do you have to do extra warm-ups? You know, I think you
3: makes... make sure he's
2: – Yeah, it's the fourth quarter. Hey, man, we all, we all stretched out? We all, we all right with that? But as, as good as Oregon looks, and I know that the, the path. Wait,
3: how far was the punt? Sorry,
2: I don't remember. I don't remember. It better be a good damn punt. <laughs> you got one opportunity to show out. Let me look. But it, you know, Oregon looks really good down the stretch. But let's not forget that a back to back to back of Utah, Oregon State, and then UCLA again or USC on a neutral field. That's a tough. That's a tough three game well, stretch.
3: Look, but I I'd add Washington because dude Penix can sling it and yeah. we were just talking about how Oregon is a, the 123rd ranked pass defense. I feel like that's, that's going to be a shootout too. I
2: feel like that's going to be Washington's going to score a 45 and I think Oregon's going to score a thousand. I just one thousand to 45. to forty. Wow, bold. I just I've watched Washington play and for like I just I can't quite comprehend because when I think of Washington, what do you think of defense? It's D.B. Cody
3: Pickett. You
2: think of Cody Pickett. Yeah. Wow. That's the
3: first thing that came to mind.
1: <laughs> they have, Jake Locker kissing they his have,
2: mom. Yeah, Jake Locker. <laughs> they have so many over the years, so many good defensive players, you know, at all levels. I mean, they just have churned out defensive linemen, linebackers, and corners, and safeties from, you know, Buddha Baker, and Kevin King, and Vita Vea, and just all these guys, and Shaq Thompson. It's just, this is defense You. And then I watch them this year, and I'm just like, oh, this, oh. it's this sound right here. Collectively, if you're a UW fan, uh, defense takes the field. Ugh. And it's just, it's weird. It's weird for me to comprehend how bad Washington looks on the defensive end of things when it's just not what I'm, it's not what I'm used to. Keith Price. There you go. I remember some Keith Price.
1: K-P-4-H, the Keith Price for Heisman campaign.
2: I love that this is like when we go random, like, 1980s baseball players. Isaiah (laughs) Stanback. The Predator? I remember him. He just had the long braids. And he ended up going on and being like a receiver kick returner for the the Cowboys. Jake Browning.
1: (laughs) Winningest quarterback in UW history? Is that right?
2: I think he might be the winningest quarterback in Pac-12 history. And... You might want to do some digging on this, Buckley. But I think at one point he was the all-time leading passer I think in the maybe right in the Pac-12. Wow, Jake Browning. Well, he had four years. Yeah, he's got one of those sneaky like when you look through the record books in college, it's always weird because it's never great players because the great guys are there for you know two or three years and then they, they move on. You know, like Corey Dillon was at UW for one season and he was as good as anyone I ever saw play in in, in the Pac-10 or Pac-12. But Corey Dillon's not in any sort of record book. He was like, "Hey, thanks for coming. I'm gone." But then you see Jake Browning, or like, I bet if we looked at the Pac-12 all-time passing leaders, it's going to be the Alex Brinks and the Jake Lockers. I got them for you. And, and I'm, I'm I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those guys, but they're Casey Paws. <laughs> they're not going to be great players. What do you, all right, who's the all-time Pac-12 passing leaders? Herbert. No.
1: Uh, Herbert is not among them. No. He's not in the top ten. Number one is Luke Falk.
2: There you go. Luke Falk.
1: Number two, Sean Mannion. <laughs> yes. Number three, Matt Barkley. Yeah. Number four, Jake Browning. Number five, Jared Goff, or golf, however you like it. Yeah. Uh, number six, Carson Palmer. Uh, uh, number seven, Connor Holiday. What? Yeah.
3: Who's that? Uh, Washington State Washington quarterback.
1: Washington State. And then uh, number eight, Derek Anderson. Number nine, Alex Brink. And number 10, Mr. Heisman Marcus Mariota.
2: There you go. How about yeah. that? Not exactly a who's who. Well, Robert's there's some 15th. though. There's, there's there's like two. Well, Carson Palmer. Carson, but Palmer, he played all four years and he won a Heisman, right? But he he was kind of.
3: I remember the the narrative around Carson Palmer is the first three years he yeah. kind of sucked, and then he had, and then he popped and, he popped.
2: and won a Heisman. So you got Palmer, you Palmer, Mariota, and Mariota,
3: and that. That Barkley was a good college
2: quarterback. He yeah. <laughs> remember he came back for unfinished business, and everyone was like, "Your business is sucking." That was the year yeah, they had they like a high they had a high ranking, and then his senior year they. Sucked. Yeah. You had two quarterbacks. Two Jake Browning. You got two quarterbacks in that list. You got Marcus um, and you got Carson. They both won Heisman's.
3: So we've got some uh, NBA coming up, but uh, a a quick text. Maybe we can talk about this next. But it is true. I think I think there's validity here because I was mentioning Tennessee and Oklahoma State and their bad pass defenses. Yeah, they're actually worse than Oregon's. But Oregon ranks 123rd in pass defense. Tennessee is dead last. Like they're 130th. Yeah, they're terrible. But somebody brings up, you know how important is that stat when you've got three teams that are in the top 10 and they're all in the bottom and top 10 of
2: rankings, yep. but they're all in the bottom 10 in past events. College football has a lot of this now where it's, we're going to outscore you. And also remember too, that if you're getting into these track meet games, um, you're, you're always gonna The other team is always going to be throwing the ball against you because they know that they have to keep up. So it's going to be this back and forth and, I think Tennessee or Oklahoma State or some of these teams would love to play better defense, but the reality is it's just not there. The Big Twelve's been doing this for 15 years, right? From Lincoln Riley on down to well, Mike Gundy to Mike Leach, it's this idea of well, we, we know we don't play great defense, so by God, we just have to score more points. Yeah, than but you.
3: those teams always lose, yeah. right? When it push comes to shove, like that's well, and this is why Tennessee, there's... like we're talking about Tennessee, like they're elite. Well, they got Georgia coming up, so they're we're not. about to find out. Well, dude, they have the worst pass defense in all of college
2: football. Well, There's and, no way they're winning that game. Well, and, you know, the, the Alabama game could have – Alabama started about as bad as you could, came roaring back, and they missed the field goal. I guess what thing is – and maybe Oregon falls in this category too. When you have a big, giant uh, hole in your swing, so to speak, right, you really can only win one way. Like you, you just you, – you have to play to your strengths. But if you find yourself in a in a game where it's it's not going your way and you're turning the ball over and or you're you're bad in the red zone, look at Washington State. Oregon was moving the ball up and down the field, but what was happening? Red zone. They were getting stopped. And then all of a sudden you look up and damn it, Washington State's up by two scores late in the game. Now you rallied and you came up with a couple big defensive plays at the end and you managed to pull that one out. But there are going to be games when you play this style from Tennessee to Oklahoma State to Oregon. Where that's going to get exposed, the question is, is there anyone left on your schedule that can do it? Is there anyone that can make you uncomfortable? Because we've really only seen, outside of Georgia, we've seen one team do it this year, and that was Washington State, who is not a great team, but on that day in Pullman, for three and a half quarters, they were better than Oregon. All right, let's check in on the NBA. Blazers have a game tonight. We'll do that next. Here's Buck.
3: Well, the NFL trade deadline has become quite a thing. Eagles just got better today, and we'll talk about that in our NFL hump day roundup coming up at 4.
2: Best defensive line in the NFL, and it got an elite veteran who may not be what he was, but it's, it's just a hell of an addition for nothing, by the way. Checking
3: in real quick on the NBA, our Zers are uh, back at it tonight.
2: 5-0, baby. Soon to be. Well, they're 4 now. Yeah, soon to be 5-0. I mean, 82-0. and o. Well,
3: okay, so I saw the line. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the line. I, I did see the line. So they're playing Miami. Miami is like one in three. Yeah, they're one in three. I haven't watched them. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, but uh, Miami is favored. Yeah, we are favored by
2: three, right? A field goal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I say we uh, we grab the points. Let's Dude, go. What am I missing? Let's go. Look, I feel like Vegas is stupid. <laughs> What
3: is this? I don't know. Are I, they not watching ours? no? I ran that by Danny Moran because, you know, he, he's the guy. That guy. He's the guy. He lives and dies. The Blazer guy. Yes. And I ran that by him. I'm like, hey, man, answer me one question. Like, why are the Blazers an underdog tonight? And he's like, oh. He goes, I wouldn't touch that. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, shut up. Sucker bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was like, well, Miami poses some problems defensively, you know. And uh, he also said, you know, this is one reason to bet on the Blazers, is that sometimes the models, you know, they don't care yet. It's it's four games in yeah. like they're they're sticking to their guns. Whereas if you're watching this, dude, the Blazers look damn good. Yeah, and Lillard's hot. Lillard's on a heater. So uh, I
2: might be hey, a, yeah, grab a couple die. points. I think it's down to two and a half now. I kind of want to. It's it's down. So just just let you know. I'm no getting, respect for the Zers. Serenata right here at two and a half. All
3: right. Well, you know the Blazers haven't lost since Mike Lynch joined their radio broadcast team.
2: Is that coincidence? I think not. I don't think so. Now, well, then now I have they they have all the the Jewish Rampage and the Orange Julius. Yeah. I mean, come on. Look at them poaching fan personalities. How about freaking Blazers? It's your own. Well, they got talent. They got rid of you, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, upgrade. Yeah, they trimmed the fat. And now they've moved on uh, to other elite fan hosts. Well, the Lakers uh, will lose tonight on ESPN.
3: I saw that. Um, so if you want to watch them, they're playing again. Yeah, they're playing, they're Den- playing Denver. They're playing Denver. They are kind of a fun watch. I don't know about you. I only saw the Blazer game, but um they it's just kind of a fun hate watch. You I know, I like that. to watch LeBron Mope, you know, like <laughs> he looks
2: miserable. And Russell
3: Now they're saying Russell
2: Westbrook will not play tonight. Oh. He's hurt. Are they going to just shut him down like a mysterious back injury all year? Well, well there was a the article today on ESPN was on their front page. I don't know if it still is, but this was this morning was uh, saying that the Lakers might be the worst shooting team in NBA history. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, that was. The, now, it's an ESPN Plus article, so I couldn't read it. But I saw, like, the first, like. I, <laughs> yeah, it, Mike, by the way, Mike. He took his stupid ESPN Lynch Plus. Le- left our show.
3: Well, yeah. Can't you
1: guys just pirate it with your 12-foot thing? The, the 12-foot IO or whatever?
3: Oh, that? yeah, the 12-foot ladder.
2: Does that work for ESPN Plus?
3: It works for most things. Uh, sometimes it won't work yeah. on things that I I try on there. I, I haven't tried an ESPN article in a while, but Lynch leaves us to go
2: to the Zers. Yeah.
3: And he takes his ESPN uh, Plus Freaking subscription with Mike
2: him. Lynch. What a bitch. Well, the, so like the first paragraph that you can read before it makes you pay, which I won't do, uh, the Lakers have made, uh, they're shooting 21% on their three-point attempts so far this season. Damn. That's right. And they're shooting 23% on all jump shots, period. Wow. And overall, 40%. And they said no team has ever shot under 41% for a full season since the 2014-2015 Philadelphia 76ers, a team intentionally constructed to lose as many games as possible. They were in the midst of a tank. Yeah. So it's early, but right now the Lakers are shooting at a 40% clip. Under 40? Yes. 21% from the three-point line. Yeah, but you said under 40 for a full season? For a full season. That's crazy. That's good. That was the Sixers when they were... Purposely trying to lose. Who was on that team? What what year? Fourteen fifteen. Fourteen fifteen. Oh, look at that team. So, and someone was saying that the, in the article, it was like the funny part is the Sixers were built to tank. The Lakers are being built supposedly to try to win LeBron another championship. Yeah. So,
3: well, they are weird. It's it's an interesting case study, right? It's like you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Uh, but you also have a terrible team. Well, and so what do you what do you bet
2: on? Well, in, in this in the modern NBA, if you can't shoot, I mean, yeah. you're just you're 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 effed there's just nothing you can do i don't and look as good as as lebron is he's still whatever 37 Ooh. 38 years old and anthony davis good luck relying on him uh he'll be broken in in two minutes and i uh, find him to be a bum i'll tell you what he's the if we played the fun game of best player in the nba that you wouldn't want your team to be built around anthony Davis. anthony davis And not like I would love Anthony Davis to be on your team, but built around, like the guy. Yeah. Because Anthony Davis, we've heard for years, is a top ten talent, top ten player in the NBA. And for years, this was probably Carmelo Anthony when he was at his peak. I think it's Anthony Davis, top ten player that I don't want my team to be built around. I think it's Anthony Davis. Yeah, it
1: used to be Carmelo. Yes. Quick Would You Rather? Kyrie Irving.
2: I don't think Kyrie Irving is nearly as good as Anthony Davis. So, I don't want I don't want my team built around Ooh. Kyrie, but Anthony Davis is a much better talent in my opinion than Kyrie, so he wins. Yeah, but I feel like wait, who wins? Anthony because I said it's the best player.
3: Yeah. that you don't so want he's your, better than Kyrie. He's better yeah.
2: than Kyrie and I still don't want my team built around him. He wins.
3: Yeah. I think that's a good question actually. Kyrie is interesting because he's damn good. Yeah. And I do feel like if engaged that's a better bet than this waffling Anthony Davis crap. Sure, it's a big if, huge if, right? So I don't know if I would bet on that. I'd probably just take Anthony Davis because of the talent and just and just live with the, the BS. Yeah, but uh, Kyrie is interesting because, God, you forget about him, but dude, he's
2: awesome. Yeah, when he wants to be. When he wants to be. But I don't want like if that's your best player, you're. Screwed. But Anthony Davis is just never awesome. So yeah. that's the thing. But there's
3: he, no upside to Anthony
2: Davis. But he can be.
3: But he did, he did, but he isn't though. And he's it, it, We keep saying that he isn't. He <laughs> that, really isn't. Now, a couple years
2: ago, the answer to this was James Harden.
3: Well, Russell Westbrook was this too. It was this too, yes.
2: They all fall into this category, but Westbrook and and Harden are just completely washed and we haven't reached the Anthony Davis is washed yet phase, so he wins. So, can you
3: out of the Sixers, the tank team? Mhm. So, you said 2014-15? Yeah, that was what the article said. Okay, well, that team won 18 games. The year later, they only won 10
2: games. So did who did they take? Can you take? name any players? Who did they take in that draft? That would have been the 2015 NBA draft. Was that the Markel Fultz, or was that mm. Joel Embiid? Because remember, they, it was the process, and the process was we're going to be as bad as humanly possible. So who was the – They, they took
3: been... Jalil Okafor that year,
2: third. Oh. So yeah. you, you spent all that you, you you tried to put together the worst team you can, and the reward for that was yeah, Okafor, and then and then Fultz.
3: So that year <laughs> that they shot under forty percent, can you name any of the players? Former Blazer grade on the team.
1: It was Ja Okafor, and the following year is Ben Simmons.
3: Oh Simmons, okay, gotcha. Uh, and then
1: Fultz the year after that. Oh my god, boy. <laughs> and, well, the tank worked though. You got it worked. Yeah, well, you I got mean, picks three, one, and one. Yeah, but they ended up being Okafor, Simmons, and Fultz.
2: Well, and they ended up turning Simmons into Harden.
1: Boy, sort of.
2: Well, and and the fun part about the Markel Fultz is and his uh, shoulder full of crab meat. You know who they they traded up and oh. then ignored as Jason Tatum. Oh yeah, I think that was the draft where it was like, nah. no, we don't want Jason Tatum, we want Markel Fultz.
3: Uh, so they had. Uh, Robert Covington, Blazer Great. Okay. Wasn't... uh, Blazer Legend. Maybe Carter Williams on that team? Michael Carter Williams. uh, Tony Roten. No idea. Nerlens Noel. Oh, there you go. uh, Former Blazer uh, Great, Tim Frazier. (laughs) What? Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. He was on that club. Who was their starting... Who was their starting five?
3: Let me give you their starting five. Yeah.
2: Glad you asked that. This is... like who did they actually roll out there to play? Cuz I, I doubt that Tim Fraser, although when you're trying to lose, you know, maybe there is something to that. I just find it interesting that Tim Frazier is the the name that jumps out at you. I'm looking for their depth chart here.
3: Almost have it. Bear with me. Please. So are you looking
1: for their starting lineup to start this season or to end this season?
2: I don't care. Just give me I just give me who
3: I've was... got their st-
2: Give me this some Carter Carter,
3: Williams, Covington, Noel. Those are the three. And then Mbamute and then some guy named McDaniels.
2: Okay. And it led to, you said 14 wins? 18. 18. I didn't want to short him on that. Well, congratulations, Los Angeles Lakers. You thought that you were going to be competitive to win a title and you're on pace to be the worst shooting team in the NBA since. That Philadelphia. You know who else was on that
3: team? Current Blazer great Jeremy Grant. Really, he was buried on the bench
2: on that team. <laughs> you know what? They were too good. Jeremy Gregg couldn't catch any minutes on that squad. Holy
3: crap! <laughs> That's crazy. Well, anyway, the uh, you'll watch the Lakers lose tonight. Maybe they're in Denver. They're on ESPN. So if the Bucs lose, Bucks are playing the Nets. Yeah. If the Bucks lose and the Blazers win, Portland is the last lone un-
2: is the lone unbeaten. Well, look in the NBA, you can't go eighty-two and zero without going five and zero. Right and really, I don't care that's about what they say. I don't care about eighty two and zero. We can get to thirty nine and zero, and then I don't care what happens after that. Thirty nine, let's go, baby, let's go. Uh, Clay got booted last night. Yeah, then you got into a, overrated Clay Thompson. Well, that's the everyone's now yelling about that. He's overrated. Yeah, saying that they're washed and all this and that. Well, but, I don't
3: know that they're washed. He is not. Well, he I mean, is, He's always been overrated. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> look at look, look, look at I was whoa. trying. I was trying to bait the Warrior guy, right. and he didn't say a thing, and no. so I had to say something blasphemous to get him to. As Charles up.
1: Barkley said last night after the game, at one point in time, Clay was the best two two way guard in the league.
3: Yeah, he, he is awesome, but and
1: he is not that anymore. And so you'll notice overrated. The, the the chirping from Clay came after he couldn't knock down a shot over Devin Booker. Yeah, he he well, was 0 for 4 with Booker guarding him. Booker let him know, and then I mean, Clay didn't like
3: them. I don't know who's more overrated, Porzingis or Clay Thompson? <laughs> uh, that would be Porzingis.
2: Buck may come in and just throw something at you at some point. I
3: don't know if it's Gobert or Thompson, but uh, boy, they're overrated, man.
1: The, uh, Clay Thompson, properly rated.
2: He's a chucker. There is, look, and we don't know what maybe, you know, Clay's working obviously through a serious layoff. Ah, God. He's got to be in his oh, what, 33, 34 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he's maybe, can we just call him washed? I don't I don't know. Washed yet, but we do have this thing in sports now because 32, 32, a little younger than I thought. So
3: he's Lillard's age. Yeah.
2: Lillard's age. We get to this. Um, we're at this point now in medicine. Cause back in the day, if you torn Achilles, you blew a knee, whatever, like you hurt a shoulder. It was like, Oh my God. Like you'll never be the same player. Right. And now I feel like guys tear Achilles, guys blow out knees, and we're just like, eh, it'll be back in six months. Oh, I'll be back in a year. It's not a big deal. Same thing with like Tommy John surgery. Well, the the truth of the matter is, some guys are never the same. Like, we, we just, I think we whitewash these injuries like, oh, he's back. Well, maybe not. Clay Thompson spent two and a half years away from basketball.
1: Yeah, 930 some odd days.
2: Look, I don't care what kind of rehab you have with that. There's just some things that and you know, whatever leg that you're having to 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 overcompensate for, getting rid of that imbalance sometimes is just not something that happens overnight and something that, that never happens. So we do see this where guys are never the same after injuries, or in this case, two massive injuries back to back. And then we just we just act like it should be this uh you know this. He didn't miss a beat, and it's just not true. But we don't give guys the grace of he went through some he went through some serious injuries.
3: All right, coming up at four, our NFL Hump Day Roundup. We'll talk about Russell Wilson in the NFL uh, trade deadline as well. Uh, it is three fifty four on the fan. Hey, uh, TMZ had to correct its report. They're pulling a Roth and Souk. Oh, they someone, they killed someone.
2: Boy, we do that all the time. Yes. TMZ, this is old hat for us. We've been right. killing people off for 15 years. Jim J. Bullock's probably dead right now. Stealing our bits. Uh, apparently, they
3: put out a report that uh, Jerry Lee Lewis was dead Oh, at the age of 87. Well, I'm not going to lie. One problem.
2: Yeah, still alive,
3: right? He's very much alive in
2: Memphis, Tennessee. Look. I'm not gonna lie on this one. If you would have asked me, totally Jerry Lee dead. Lewis, alive or dead, dead. I think I go dead. Yeah. Same right? with Angela
3: Lansbury. I think you missed this. You might have been out. Do you remember Angela Lansbury? Yes. Yeah. She died recently. Yeah. Or just like a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Did I you
2: know she was alive? Can't say that I did. I knew she was alive. They redid that Beauty and the Beast, uh, and I knew she was in that, but that was several years ago. I'm a little blown away. Like, Jerry Lee Lewis was hanging out with Elvis, for God's sakes. Yeah. How is. How is that guy still alive? He hung out with Hank Williams and and Elvis Presley and the likes and Johnny Cash. How is that guy still alive? Like, that dude has seen some stuff, including uh, a lot of underage girls, including his cousin. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, I don't know
3: much about Jerry Lee Lewis. I just know the, you know, the character. Yeah. What what am I to think of Jerry Lee Lewis? Is he awful? Or was it a different time?
2: I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of that. Like... Can you judge? <laughs> I, I, you you, you, you throw, I, I honestly don't know what to do with this. Cause Jerry Lee Lewis stooped his 13 year old cousin. I, I mean, that's, that's criminal on multiple different levels, but like he married her and I, I don't Ted Nugent did it. One of the guys from Led zeppelin I forget if it's planner page, they did it. Elvis did it for God's sakes. Like, I think it's what you did back in the day. Like, if Pete Rose did it, like, I, I feel like in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, it really was Anything Goes. I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. He's nicknamed the killer, and he's a hell of a piano player. He was the original, like, rock star on the piano. Billy Joel, Elton John, welcome to Jerry Lee Lewis's world. But I don't know. I just tend to stay away and say that I like uh, Great Balls of Fire.
3: All right. Well, if anybody ever asked me my opinion on Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. I have none.
2: <laughs> right? I have no opinion. Isn't it you just slowly like step away? I don't know. Well, and I do this like, like I, I liked John Wayne. Did you grow up watching, did your dad watch John Wayne movies? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like we were. In there my, was some John Wayne. Yeah, my family, we, we liked, uh, we, my dad liked a lot of that stuff. So I watched a lot of that. And I still like a lot of those old uh, westerns or military movies with John Wayne. And I always kind of liked the, you know, that's John Wayne, you know, grab a root and hang on. Like, ah. And then, like, you read that Playboy article that was, like, in, like, 1965, and it's, like, the most cringy thing ever. Yeah. Like, ever.
3: Well, a lot of N-bombs, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Or was he – He was. He yeah, was, he was racist. Well, he was saying that, like, you read through it, and he, he calls him, like, the Negro. He's, like, the Negro, like, he's, like, they lack – he's, like, you should have sympathy for them because they lack the cranial capacity, like, stuff like that. Oh, dear. It's just – you just want to curl up in a ball and be like, John – no, but then you remember that he was born, like, in 1920, and God knows where, probably Alabama. Yeah, there's a reason why. So I, I Were they bad people? Yeah, but I, I don't know what to do with it. I really don't, other than slowly walk away from the microphone and be like, uh, hey, dude.
3: Rob, what's your opinion on Jerry Lee Lewis? <laughs> I,
2: don't I, don't yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
3: All right, uh, let's get to our NFL Hump Day roundup. Uh, Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson. And uh, the NFL trade deadline uh, strikes again this year. It is 4.02 on the fan.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,